0: This is the gratitude challenge. Gratitude is a skill that must be learned, and we're learning it today. And the the prayer that I'm going to invite you to pray all through the day in a few minutes is a simple two-word one. Why me? Why me? But we'll come to that in a moment. I'll start with a question. This is from Robert Emmons, Gratitude Works. He's the guru of gratitude research. And on page 106, He he poses this question. When it comes to their children, what do you think parents say they worry about the most? The economy? Global conflict? Drugs? Moving home after college? None of these are at the top of the list. One survey reported two-thirds of parents said they were most concerned about their children's sense of entitlement. I deserve it belongs to me. I have it coming to me. Furthermore, when asked where the sense of entitlement comes from, 85% of the parents blamed themselves. Now, we all know that ingratitude is uh, deeply unattractive. The philosopher Immanuel Kant said that ingratitude is the essence of vileness. And yet we all suffer from it. Emmons goes on. I've noticed an interesting shift, uh, shifting trend in my classes in recent years. Final exam weeks used to be very hazardous to the health of grandparents. When it was time for finals, people just used to have grandparents die on a regular basis. Can't take it because got to go to the funeral. More, um, Emmons goes on. Evidently, they're living longer and becoming more prosperous because now they are frequently giving gifts of travel to their grandkids. Oddly enough, similar to deaths, these trips often seem to coincide with finals weeks. Although some understand my policy, prohibiting a makeup for non-medical reasons, many are indignant and demand that I accommodate their request to attend their family reunion on Maui. Where there is a lack of humility, there's an increased sense of entitlement and then... I wonder, why am I not getting more of these good things? They all belong to me. There was a uh, 19th century Hasidic Jewish teacher, Rabbi Raphael. And he said one time, you know, when I get to heaven, they will ask me, why didn't you read Torah more? And I will explain, I was not smart enough. And then they will ask me, why didn't you do more deeds of kindness for other people? And I will explain, I was not strong enough. And then they will ask me, well, in that case, why didn't you give more alms to people who were poor and needy? And I will explain, I was not rich enough. And then they will ask me, if you were so stupid and so weak and so poor, why were you so arrogant? And for that, he said, I will not have an answer. Entitlement is growing at a quite rapid race in our society. We live in what some folks talk about as a culture of ingratitude. And ironically, paradoxically, the very things that uh, previous generations sometimes had to struggle for, for food or for clothing or for shelter or for gratitude, when they come to us, Without struggle, after a time, we simply assume that we are entitled them. We take them for granted, which is precisely the opposite of taking them as gifts. There is a little assessment of entitlement, and I'll invite you to take a brief version of it right now, or you can do this uh, online or in your gratitude journal if you want to. This is just rating five different statements on a... Scale from one strongly disagree to seven strongly agree. One, I honestly feel I'm just more deserving than others. Two, great things should come to me. Three, if I were on the Titanic, I would deserve to be on the first lifeboat. Four, I'd demand the best because I'm worth it. Five, People like me deserve an extra break now and then. And Dr. Emmons says, if you total up your answers and you are uh, over 25, then you probably have a real problem experiencing gratitude. And of course, we live in a culture that so often tells us, you deserve this. This is coming to you. You must demand the best that ironically, Precisely while it is doing that, it is inoculating us against gratitude and setting us up for resentment. And I want to say a little bit more about that. I mentioned Robert Roberts' work on the anatomy of gratitude. How does gratitude work? And that basically it involves uh, three different forces or three different factors. A benefactor, someone who does good, and then a benefit, a good thing comes to me. And then a beneficiary, and that's me. And when I'm grateful, I realize, oh, for you to mentor me, for you to give me this compliment, for you to take me golfing, and I got to go out and golf in a place, for you to um, give me a meal someplace, for you to help me in my work, for you to do an errand for me, for somebody in my family, the person that I live with to help create a home that has beauty and comfort to it. These are all benefits. And so gratitude is blocked if I don't recognize the benefit. This is good. Or if I don't think that the beneficio- the benefactor was actually well intended, that they did not do it on purpose. I might have told you Seneca talks about a, um, a would-be assassin that struck a knife into uh, an emperor, but inadvertently ended up cutting out a tumor. And um, so in that case, the emperor would not feel grateful because there was not... Uh, a good intent behind it. And then, if I feel like I'm entitled to something, if I give you money, and in exchange for that money, you give me an article of clothing, or a piece of food, I won't take that as a gift. I won't feel gratitude, because it was just a transaction. And the more entitled I feel, uh, the less gratitude I will experience. Now, Robert Roberts talks about the precise mirror, the the, the opposite of this, is resentment? If you think in terms of the the anatomy of an emotion or a virtue and a vice, now resentment is the opposite of gratitude. In order for me to resent, there must be a malfactor. Benny was the Latin word for good benefits. Um, mal was the word for bad, ma- malicious or malware. So um, there must be a malfactor. And then there must be the malefice, that's the opposite of a benefit, that's the bad thing. And then there must be a maleficiary, the person who experiences themselves as receiving something bad. Robert says that word he had to make up, that's not a real word. But an example of this from the Bible. Well, let's just start in our lives. If I go to work and I think my boss is not paying me enough, and by the way, HR folks, How many times do you think people that work in HR have employees come up and say, I'm not being paid enough, as opposed to how many times are people coming up and saying, I'm being overpaid? We almost never experience ourselves to be overcompensated or that I'm being evaluated too highly. Now, uh, if, if evaluations are honest, then... Uh, Half of people are going to be evaluated highly and half people are going to be evaluated below average. Nobody ever comes up and says, I was evaluated too highly. We don't experience it that way. So, if I think my boss is underpaying me, then I will experience resentment. I will attribute bad motives to him. And I will often nurse that grudge and think about it more. In the Bible, an example of this would be King Saul when David was winning victories. Now, Saul could have seen that as a benefit because David was actually helping the kingdom. He was helping Israel. He was helping Saul. And Saul could have been grateful. said, I'm so thankful that this is going on. I want everybody to celebrate David together with me. But instead, he was resentful because that song that the women sang Saul is slain as thousands, but David is tens of thousands, grated him. He felt entitled to the most praise from the most people. And if somebody else was getting it, he resented it. And therefore, rather than attributing goodwill to David, he inaccurately attributed bad will to David and resented not getting more praise and said to himself, what else can David want but my kingdom? And from that time, he kept a jealous eye. On David. Now, the opposite of that is to recognize how much of my life is a gift. And this is what we're going to do. So the prayer that I invite all of us to pray all through the day is, Why me? Often we think of those words when we think of something bad happening. Why did I lose this job or not get this money or have this injury or lose my health or lose my rent? Why me? But I want to read two passages that involve David. After David became king, uh, God sent word to him through the prophet Nathan that God was going to establish a dynasty, a rule, an opportunity for serving through David and his family. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I? Sovereign Lord. And what's my family that you have brought me this far? And then as we have seen, gratitude generally sparks A desire to be generous to other people to want to do something for others and this happened for david and so he thought about the grandson of saul mephibosheth and invited him to dine at the king's table that is to live as though he were the offspring of the king he's incredibly generous to mephibosheth who we're told was lame in both feet And when he gives that word, Mephibosheth bowed down. This is 2 Samuel chapter 9, just two chapters after David saying, Who am I, God, that you should be so good to me? Mephibosheth bowed down before David and said, What is your servant that you should notice, a dead dog like me? Why me? Who am I? And paradoxically, this sense I'm being given something that I haven't merited, that I don't deserve, to which I am not entitled, actually produces so much more gratitude and joy and contentment and satisfaction than an attitude that says, yeah, I got it coming to me. Bring it on. So, so, the word for today is why me? Think about some gifts, that come into your life. You can write down three of them in your journal if you're doing that right now. But as you walk through the day, um, somebody sends you a kind email. Somebody does you a favor at work. Somebody prepares a meal and you get to eat it. You have clothes that you're able to just pull out of a drawer and put on your back. You've got health. Your mind is working. Why me, God? God, you've been so good to me. I have a spouse who loves me. I have a legacy of parents and a mom who's still around that cares for me. I have a brother and a sister who are amazing. I have a wife. I have kids. I have friends. I have this moment right here. I don't know. God, why are you so good to me? That's the question for today. Why me? So much good. Why me? Like Quig used to say, we have a lot to be thankful for. Thanks for joining us. To receive the emails that go along with each video, visit becomenew.me slash subscribe. If you'd like a text alert whenever a new video is posted, text the word BECOME to the phone number 855-888-0444. You can send prayer requests to that number as well, to invite a friend, just share the link becomenew.me. We'll see you next time.